0: I actually had one day where I rang to, went to ring up a guy from the footy club and his mum answered the phone and I suddenly realised I only knew him as the missile merchant from Marrakesh and thought, "Geez, I better hang up here because I don't <laughs> know his actual name, i go and look
1: it up. This is Legends with Bevo, thanks to Anytime Fitness Glenelg and Renelec Electrical Services. This episode of Legends with Bevo is proudly sponsored by Kookaburra Homes our Homes have been awarded South Australia's most professional home builder two years in a row. They're a true SA success story and are passionate about other South Australians sharing their success stories. Yes, welcome to another edition of Legends with Bevo. Now, there's a book at the moment that's going gangbusters around South Australia. It's called The Definitive Rulebook. And I'm joined by the author of the book today, Malcolm Ashwood. Here is the book, The Definitive Rule Book. It's an absolute ripper. But Malcolm, you'll tell us all about it. Malcolm, great to have you on the show. Thanks,
0: Bevan, and thanks for the opportunity to have a chat.
1: Yeah, it's a book.
0: What happened is, um, it was in a, I helped run Adelaide Uni Footy Club's past players, and we had an event in Melbourne. We ran in functions in Melbourne and Sydney, and John Harms was the guest speaker. John Harms is the the main operator of the Footy Almanac site. And he asked me to write a game report on that day. It was Crows and Western Bulldogs. So I did that for a while with doing game reports. Still writing SNFL reports as well. But then I discovered really my real passion was interviewing individuals, finding about their their life. And there's a story in every single person. I think that's a really important point. Um, a lot of things when, when I started this, what really struck me was how many people have been through tragedy. Uh, Ross Dylan's father died when he was 16, went to fix a drill on a drill on Christmas Day and electrocuted himself. Uh, Bruce Winter never met his mother, his actual mother. She died in Papua New Guinea, went to just cut herself and died of septicemia. So there's that. You know, David Wildey lost his wife to cancer. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of areas in there. You know, Chris Greig with uh, motor neuron.
1: Yeah, that's so sad. we were speaking about that off-air, I've actually interviewed Mitch before and one of the most loveliest guys that you could meet. Pretty tough on the field, we gonna run into him. But um, his dad, Chris, is. You, you mentioned, he's a really good fella and um, you know, been involved with the Ath- Athleson Football Club for a number of years. And you're right, it's just such a tragedy what's happening there. Um, and you actually saw Chris recently. How's he going? Yeah.
0: yeah, look, I've known Chris since 1981, so we go back a long way. Uh, he's a person I have just immense respect for. He's a quality individual. Um, Him and his lovely wife, Sam, are fantastic. And look, it's heartbreaking. Um, The deterioration's gradual. Um, Chris is still moving. Uh, His speech is deteriorating, and Sam helped with a bit of interpreting. But the longer I stayed, I stayed for probably an hour, hour and a half chatting, the more I actually picked up. Um, He's fighting. He's fighting hard. Uh, While, and look, Neil Danaher, the how he's lasted so long is quite staggering. It's amazing, yeah. With doing the article on Chris and that, doing the research, two people die in Australia every day and two people are diagnosed with motor neuron neuron disease every day in Australia. And I think that was really quite hidden in society until a high-profile person in Neil Danaher got it and has really created an awareness. And Neil is just remarkable. He not only... What he goes through himself and the fundraising and all that, which is staggering there, but his support of everything, everybody else is just amazing. Uh, Nord, we lost Damien Lane to the insidious disease. Um, He's better fifteen months ago now, a bit longer, and his support to Damien and that uh, was quite incredible as well. He, he's a remarkable man. And and the title of
1: the book, The Definitive Rule Book, a very interesting
0: title. Where's that come from? Uh, I've got to thank Shane Devereaux, rookie for the title there, a Pembroke mate. He thought of that. Um, My nickname's The Rule Book. I gave an umpire a blast years ago, 184, I think, Um, and I quoted the rule word for word because I was an umpire as well. And I think oh, I was probably a better umpire than him, and he was probably a better footballer than me. So, um, yeah, the nickname stuck well and truly from that day forward. And, yeah, there's probably a lot of people who don't know my actual name, which is fine. Yeah, that's that's Adelaide. That's sport. That's Adelaide Uni Footy Club. Um, I actually had one day where I rang to went to ring up a guy from the footy club and his mum answered the phone. And I suddenly realised I only knew him as the missile merchant from Marrakesh and thought, geez, I better hang up here because I don't know his actual <laughs> name and go and look it up because it could be religiously offensive and Dadsy and Bridgie and Howie out there, they would certainly understand that with helping with the uni footy club over the years. So.
1: Well, having been involved in different footy clubs over the years myself, mate, nicknames are the best yes. part about it, I think. Yep. So yep. yeah, it's really funny, actually. It's, uh, in, in terms of the sports people in the book, there's certainly a lot of them, uh, mainly you know, South Australian past players. Uh, I guess it's uh, the hard one to answer, but... Who are some of your favourites that you interviewed and why?
0: Probably favourites, probably not quite the right word, more the impact. Look, when Bali happened, I think we all thought at the time, geez, this is terrible, it's diabolical, but it, it didn't really hit for me personally until Sturt Guys got back to the airport. Watching Tim all run to his mum, Julie, and knowing, having known Julie for 40 odd years now, that really hit me big time and I hesitated for a long time, which is unlike me. And then eventually it was one day at Prince's where I could, where Tim and I were doing an Auskick clinic for the kids there. I can probably virtually go and stand at the blade of grass where I asked him and he replied about barley and he replied very firmly. Yes, please do ask me, please talk about it with me. I've been encouraged to talk about it. Um, He'd actually written a book as well. His story about barley So Weathers and I have discussed that pretty infinite and very detailed and just, yeah, it's- Tragic, isn't it? Yeah. or it's incomprehensible, you know. Yeah. And I don't think people realise that probably everyone in that building was probably 30 seconds to a minute away from from leaving us.
1: Yeah, it's certainly, I guess uh, there's been a lot of tragedy with that, but I've also- sort of amazing stories have come out of it, of survival, and and thankfully Tim's one of those. So, yeah. yeah, No, it's very interesting that you mentioned Tim because there's been so many. Um, I won't give it away because people, you know, want people to go out and buy the book, The Defendive Book. I mentioned before it's available at Dylan's Bookstores at Norwood. Any other places that you can buy it as well, Matt? Yep,
0: certainly Colonnade's News Agency down at Norlunga, also through um, Southern Cross News Agency in town. Or, look, anyone can feel free to message me, Malcolm Ashwood on Facebook, whatever. Anyone can message me as well. I'm I'm out and about.
1: It's certainly very popular. It. Every time you put up a post about it, mate, it goes gangbusters on Facebook. So you're a popular man, Malcolm, and it's a wonderful idea. And we all love our South Australian sports stars. So it's a great idea.
0: Yeah, it was an idea which sort of snowballed over time. Some other people, look, Fred Block. You know, Fred Block was the head of Adelaide Uni Footy Club. He is my hero, and probably the you know greatest mentor I've I've had. Him and the late Marty Bradshaw, um, and. Chocker's just Chocker's struggling with dementia as well at the moment. Uh poignant subject this week, because I've lost my mum
1: this week with my dementia and you know, we've talking about her off air. Yeah, and, condolences about that, mate. Yeah, I'm, so it's a horrible thing. My dad's going through it at the moment as well. It's not nice. Yeah, so, so immense so.
0: respect to my mum Margaret. Yes, and absolutely.
1: And all that support there. But yeah.
0: Yes. Oh, look, Grenville Dietrich character, probably my favourite story, and it is well known. But Grenville Dietrich walked out of a pub. Uh the no taxis there, so he walked down the road to a pizza bar. Do you do home deliveries? Yes, sir. So he went, and stood at the corner, with kept asking the fourth person, "You yeah, know, you off to thirty-two Glover, right there?" Fourth person, "Yep, I'm with you from a lift home." So Crenville said he got lift home for cheaper than taxi, and a pe- and a pizza as well. You know, he's, a, he's, a very, he's an eccentric genius as well.
1: Yeah, one thing I sort of love about legends of Bevo is just being able to speak to amazing people, not only, you know, big name people, but just people that have amazing stories. And you mentioned at the start, I couldn't agree with you more. It's really interesting that everyone has a story and we love hearing people's stories, Malcolm. And so what sort of gives you the, the passion and what do you enjoy most about interviewing these great sports stars?
0: I think just finding out things that you know, we didn't know. And look, Rick Neagle was a classic. Like, you know, Neagle's again, go back a long way with him. And he said, I don't feel worthy. And I said, Niggs, while I loved your six goals in the 82 grand final as a Nord supporter, in reality, that's irrelevant compared to what you're doing for the disability sector now. Uh, His son Mitchell is heavily autistic on the extreme side. And look, yeah, Niggs is incredible what he's doing there off the side. And um, Niggs got me involved and helped him a bit with the election, uh, last state election a while back. And went to the function that night. I'd coach cricket; was coaching Pembroke at that stage, and we'd lost our ride. I was in a, you know, in a bit of a dark mood, and with five minutes in there, stop being an idiot! Now, what are you nicked off about a Mickey Mouse game of sport? I was feeding a lady who's, you know, needed full help and wheeling people around, and thought that's more real. Stop carrying on about a game of sport, and yeah, Nick, I deliberately called that chapter about written ego He's my life leveller, and yeah. Lot of respect for Rick Neagle. Wonderful.
1: And your love for Nord, you're wearing the Nord gear there. Um, Yeah, where's all that come about? And um, it's interesting because I'm a big port supporter and we've got a pretty big rivalry with the old Nord. Magpies go back a long long time. Um, Talk about your involvement with Nord. You're still involved with the club, I believe, now, is that correct?
0: Yeah, still involved a bit. Probably not quite as much as I was, but I'm on the past players committee. While I didn't play for Nord, help out, a bit of an organiser, let's be honest. As we know, most people followers, not too many are organisers, so uh, give a hand with membership and that side of things as well. Um, Look, one other story where Alan Stringer is in the book, and that was quite deliberate in terms of Alan is the only person I did not know before I wrote the book. Every every single other person in the book I had some sort of relationship with. And Alan was deliberate in that way because the article is mainly about depression, and I didn't want any you know, perceived bias and I didn't want any fun stories and now I wanted it to be about Alan and about depression and, and that. So you know, hopefully there's that side of it is an important thing for mental health uh, and that, look, David Payne, um, Payne struggled with um, alcoholism. I wrote about that and I thought, there's one thing about me, I'll always be honest. I, I hate crap in terms of that way. Um, it would have been hypocritical if I didn't write about myself. I've had my own struggles in that way. I'm now eight years since I've had a, had a drink. So apologies to the pubs and clubs who have gone
1: bankrupt without (laughs) my support. But, uh,
0: yeah. So Penny and I've got a link there and Penny came and spoke at the book launch. And, um, I think there's a, there is a, a connection between David and I, where probably we go a bit forward. we can probably confide in each other a bit. um, and that way, so yeah, you could have heard a pin drop where Pony was speaking last Thursday night.
1: Yeah, it's certainly another one I'd love to get on Legends with row for a chat. That's for sure. And you mentioned strings; couldn't be a nicer bloke, Malcolm, for for an ex base uh, mongrel that he was back in the day. <laughs> oh look, and that was the it was a classic
0: sporting person. Yeah, hadn't walked, hadn't met him. We met up, and within five minutes we're talking away like you would Yeah, you, know, you would have thought we'd known each other for twenty years, which is that's a classic of sport. But um,
1: yeah. yeah, and what a way to kick off the Sample season. We mentioned before the Port and Old rivalry. Um, it's very interesting because last year we didn't have Port and the Crows in the Sample and a lot of people are not too happy about them being back in the Sample yeah, again. Yeah, I'm one of and those. You, oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Okay, interesting because it's, yeah, sort of hear people say they love it, other people hate it because, and you talk to the players and I've spoken to a couple of Bays boys in recent times and you know, the the actual backmen and they love playing against like your your Port Power and, sorry, your Port Adelaide and Crows listed AFL players because they play against the best and it makes them play better and gives them you know, the real opportunity. But While there's that side of it,
0: and I don't blame either AFL club for it, in reality you've got eight teams trying to win the premiership, two teams where they're quite correctly, their main priority is, develop, is development. Now let's use Port Adelaide as an example. So you could have young Hayes rucking in SA at a game and Lysette playing in that SNFL game as well. Now for Port to win that game, Lycett goes on the ball. But no, they want Hayes to learn and that. And there's nothing wrong with the AFL sides doing that, but I just think there must be a National Reserves comp. I, I've felt that way for years. It was going to happen a few years ago. Teams were actually told to prepare for it. AFL teams were all prepared. They are getting ready to sign up extra players. And to this day, I don't know why it didn't happen.
1: Um, for what it's worth, I actually agree with you as much as I love my Port Magpies and... You know, I, I still feel as though a national reserves competition will be best, and we saw last year that the Sample competition was wonderful. It was still, you know, getting really good crowds, and um, we saw, you know, I guess, a one-sided grand final in the end with the Eagles being too strong. But we didn't really miss Port and the Crows last year, I don't think. So I feel as though a national reserves competition would be a great idea, and it sort of takes you back to the old days when, you know, saying that the VFL we had sort of the Richmond reserves who played before the the Richmond Collingwoods or whatever. Um, You know, like how could it be to have a showdown where Port and the Crows main team are playing. And then before that you get there early and you watch Port and the Crows play. That's how I feel. Yeah. I I actually think that would be a really good idea. And let's hope one day it happens, Malcolm. But
0: I think the other thing though, it needs to be a bit cleaner. on at the moment, the true South Australian, the old, older people amongst us as SNFL followers, 90 odd percent agree that that's the way to go. What I would love to know, and it's kept hidden, how much money do does the SNFL actually get out of AFL from catering and that side of it? In other words, will the SNFL clubs survive without the AFL operations? Now, let's also remember where people are saying, oh, that money should only go to the AFL clubs. Let's remember those AFL clubs don't didn't start unless they have been an SNFL competition. Yes. So I, I think people who go that, along that track, oh, well, nothing should go back to the SNFL, lose the real reality. But I just think there needs to be a bit more openness about financial things, because there's so many rumours.
1: You're right. It needs to be. Yeah, i put it on the table and yeah, you know, tell the truth. I totally agree. And uh, before I let you go, another topic that's been very hotly discuss- uh, discussed in recent times has been this year's Tokyo Olympics. and. of Japanese locals actually don't want the Olympics to go ahead, which is quite staggering. And we're hearing all sorts of things where there's going to be no crowds, there's no chanting, clapping. Um, It's sort of becoming a bit of a fuss. I don't understand why they can't just have it with 10% capacity, at least some sort of atmosphere. What's your take on it? Again, that's, that's
0: our thoughts as sports people. Now, let's remember, they're getting this advice from top medical bit, like, I find it amusing where people come in and they bag the premiers, you know Dan Andrews and that and all that. Let's remember, though, they're actually getting the advice from top medicals. They're not making that decision. So I, at the moment, I think this pandemic is way more important than sport. I think South Australia have made the right decision not to go to South Africa. Yes, we all love our sport, but let's remember, at the moment, there's thousands of people dying every day around the world without it. this. I think that's a tad more important than sport let alone and we are. So, so you're nuts. suggesting postpone it again? Oh, I think so. Okay, interesting. I think until we get on top with the vex- with the vaccine. I think the vaccinations have got to happen, and the sooner the better, obviously.
1: It's going to be a very interesting next few months yes. to see what happens, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Well, Malcolm Ashwood, thanks so much for joining us today on Legends of Bevo, mate. Um, well done on the book, The Definitive Rule book. As I mentioned before, it's a great book. Go out and buy yourself a copy. I can't wait to have a read, so thanks for your provide that to me today mate and um look forward to seeing what's going to be happening in the future with yourself in terms of being an author and uh, the rest of your life mate keep up the great work greatly appreciate it and thanks for the thanks for your support <laughs> Pop.
0: Pop. 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 sounds so good, sounds so good.